0: This is the four-man rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the four-man rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Larry. Excuse me, not Larry. Larry's not here with us. Neither is Monty. But we got Will, and we got Kevin. And we have a special guest from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the famous James the Brit Buck is going to join us tonight also. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about the the Buccaneers in London. Um, our, this is our fir- first London game, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I, I believe it was our first London game. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And, uh, welcome, James. I'm going to say hello.
1: Hey, good to be here, guys. How are you all doing?
0: Great, man. Great, man. Welcome back, bro. Good to have you. Um, Happy to be here. Uh, hopefully it's not like last time you jinxed us and you guys got that W. But anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Panther fans, three in a row. That's right. Not one, not two, three in a row and we got our first home win of the season. Thank God. CMC is a bad mother. Hush your mouth. That's all I got to say. All right. So we're going to talk about the Jacksonville game. We'll talk about X's and O's with the Jacksonville game. And we'll talk about the upcoming Tampa Bay, Carolina, London, Big Ben, all that good stuff. It's gonna be a great weekend early, but a great weekend. It'll be some good football. Right on. Yeah, Tampa Bay's putting in work, folks, if you haven't been watching. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they putting in work. But anyway, let's talk about the Jacksonville, Carolina. Slugfest. <laughs> Boy, they put up a lot of yards on our defense, even though our defense they 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 showed up. Don't give Don't get me wrong. You know, um, defensive touchdowns are always a wonderful thing, but man, we almost gave up five hundred yards passing on against uh, on, Jacksonville. So um, let's I, I guess let's start with the defensive side of the ball um, in relation to uh, Jacksonville, and uh, when we'll circle back with the offensive side of the ball and, and dig a little deeper, um, if you don't mind, Panther Nation. Um, let's start with Kevin, and then we'll swing the wheel, and uh, we'll go from there, folks. So, uh, Kevin, um, defensive side of the football, good good and bad, man. What would you see, brother? Yeah, as far as what I like from the defense side of the ball, was
2: both good and bad, was the fact that the Carolina Panthers' defensive front was, for the most part, kept a lot of lane discipline, and gap control responsibility. As we all know, Leonard Fournette was coming in hot. He had just blistered the Denver Broncos the week before with 28 carries for 225 yards. And be. one of those runs been a long 83-yard uh, run that pretty much uh, sealed the deal for them in their comeback win at Denver. I believe they won something to the tune of 26-24. So, Leonard Fournette was coming in hot. You know, Minshew mania and all that stuff was, you know, all the hype that was coming in with with Jacksonville. And like we had said on the last podcast, we be damned if you come into our house mm. and beat us playing our style of ball. Mm. So for the most part, Panthers' defensive line, from a good standpoint, they, they kept the running game in check mostly for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. As we all know, they did give up a big run to Fournette. I mean, but you know, a guy as talented as he is, uh, it's going to happen. Mm. overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars had ran about 31 times for 149 yards, and with Leonard Fournette, with his particular stuff, he had 108, and of that 108, 48 came on one long run. So you take that away, that's 22 carries for 60 yards. So mm. as as typical, what I Panthers' defense this year, and just give up one or two big runs that just really inflates the average from the overall good day's work. Uh, As far as the bad goes for the defensive side of the ball, uh, when it came to Gartner Minshew in the pocket, it seems like we could never watch him dance around and just bounce up just enough time to hit open receivers who were taking advantage of Dante Jackson not being in the secondary. It was clearly obviously that that we had missed him. I think that Moving forward, though, with the healthy Dante Jackson, we won't have to put so much stress and strain on Ross Cockrell to deal with elite speed guys like that. As we all know, Cockrell is largely a zone cornerback, and we asked him to play a lot of man responsibilities, and that's why a lot of big plays was given up. So it was a mixed bag, but overall, I I would get the edge to good play in spite of the yardage. Because when the uh, when the moment came, the defense stepped up and they grabbed momentum and they also closed the door as well.
3: Spot on. Uh, Will, what did you think, man? Well, I think you got to give credit to uh, Jacksonville. Um, you know, look at the speed they have at wide receiver. We kind of struggled to match up with them. And that's pretty much the reason why we drafted Dante Jackson last year to match up with team speed wide receivers. I thought uh, Gardner Minshew did a good job of show good pocket mobility, was able to evade the pass rush and buy time. And then their receivers were just able to beat our guys one-on-one. I mean, what more can you say about uh, DJ Chart? I wow. mean, whether it was Ross Cockrell, mm. you know, he was beating him one-on-one. He had the catch down, beautiful catch down to the goal line against James Bradbury. Yeah, I mean, was Bradbury beautiful. But- what more could Bradbury do in that case? It was just a good <laughs> nah, ball man. from Minshew. too. It was, and DJ chart just showed great body control and made a play at the goal line. So yeah. when you, those are the types of plays the defense is forcing the offense to make. You know, I mean, I think it is what it is. You know, you're gonna win some, you lose some, but I think at the end of the day, we made plays that needed to be made. You know, it was a 66 yard fumble recovery TD. That was the difference in the ball game. That yeah. touchdown from Brian Burns and. Yeah. You watch Mario Addison on that play. You know, I just like how Ron Rivera's mixing up his D-line packages. He's got three edge rushers on the field at once and moves Mario Addison inside to be that stand-up three technique. And he's one-on-one with Andrew Norwell, just gets that low pad level against him, gets a good leverage, just drives him right into Minshew, forcing the fumble and allowing Burns to pick it up and return it. So I think, you know, it's... You got a playmaking defense is what you like to see, but overall, you know you like to see the yardage totals come down a bit. But I think it was overall a solid performance. They did what they had to do and made the plays they needed to make for us to get the W.
0: Indeed, man, uh, the safety play was pretty good too. I have to admit, Ed Reed was filling up that filling up that box very well um, against Fournette. Man, I'm, I, I think a, less, a lesser individual would have would have would have uh, not been, been able to stop. Fournette on those uh, on those tackles, man, he was he was holding it down um, down there. Um, I would like to see Trey. I know Trey ain't gonna change, man, but he, that, that that diving at the ankle stuff, bro. Come on, man, <laughs> he's killing me with that stuff, man. <laughs> he wants to tackle yeah, that grass I mean, bad, boy.
3: I tell you, he wants to tackle <laughs> that grass bad. Yeah, I haven't looked at PFF grades or anything like that, but just from the eye test, I think this was probably Eric Reed's best game as mm-hmm. a Carolina Panther. Mm-hmm. You know he was solid throughout. You know he filled the box very well. He was solid in coverage, made plays like that. He did. You know, man. I mean, maybe the Grays will go completely against what I'm saying because typically I don't agree with PFF, but to me this was Eric Reed's best game since we signed him.
0: I agree, man. Yeah, he's he's getting a great rhythm with that defense. He really is. It's amazing.
3: And just to add in about Eric Reed, he had a
2: Panthers career high of ten tackles um, against Jacksonville. Uh, his stat line is looking at. Uh, 10 tackles, five which were solo. Uh, he broke up two passes and had another fumble recovery. He currently has three fumble recoveries, awesome. which is uh, leading the team as well. So, awesome. you know, as we all stated last year, you know, all this man needed was a full off season here at Carolina, you know, get his family situated, get really into the uh, Ron Rivera playbook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's putting in work, you know, he's in the box. He's, dropping deep he's getting to the point where he's making plays yeah he has a couple of plays where he take a couple of bad angles or doesn't always get a full wraparound i mean it's the nfl that happens uh rarely will a player have pitcher perfect form on every tackle yeah. overall man i mean you know 10 tackles from from air Reed is a is a very good day usually when your safety has 10 tackles it's uh typically you know may not be a good thing but with as much as we played them in the box was Leonard Fournette in town. As I stated, take away that 48-yard run, and that was, you know, 22 carries for 60 yards. So, yeah, uh, Reed had a lot to do with the uh, limiting the damage by Leonard Fournette. So,
0: offensive side of the ball. I mean, (laughs) it goes without saying. (laughs) Somebody, bro, leave CMC alone, people. If you – if you were listening to this podcast, we'll talk about the offense. But If you are listening to this podcast and you have one of your fellow Panther fans say something to the effect that Chris McCaffrey might not be able to do X, Y, or Z on the football field. You need to look them in the eye and say bullshit because that boy can do whatever he wants to do on that football field. It don't matter. The stats don't lie people. Now, it scared the bejesus out of me when he when he he caught that cramp in his back. That that bothered me, but wow, this 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 kid's amazing. This kid's amazing. That's all I have to say. Let's, let's talk about the offense. Will um let's let's start with you on the offense, man. What did you see on uh, on offensive side of the ball?
3: I mean, what else can you say about CMC? Sure. I mean, to me, you know, he did this in college. You know, when he came out of college, he broke. Mary Sanders all-purpose uh-huh. yardage record. That's true. She's the all-time leader in yards in NCAA. So I won't say I'm in awe of what he's doing right now. This is the player I expected him to be coming out. I mean, the, if the best criticism you can come up with is he's short, then he's doing something right. <laughs> so I think it's more about he's proving his doubters wrong rather than me being surprised or in awe of what he was doing. This is the player I knew he was. And I'm sure we haven't even seen the best of him yet. Trust me on that. Yep. As far as the offense, that's what we got to do with Cam out. We got to run the offense through Christian McCaffrey. And I think we're just seeing North Turner design an offense specifically from McCaffrey as opposed to Cam. You know, just the power run schemes that he's running, the pull-in linemen, the traps, the mm-hmm. power plays, the zone plays, just a good overall mixture of zone and power concepts to get McCaffrey going and it's just a good you know effort I think offensive line see McCaffrey is a guy when the offensive line does their job and everyone gets a body on somebody McCaffrey can go 70 80 yards and take it to the house Yep. you know but the, what separates him from everybody else is a, neg- a play that's supposed to go for negative one yards is going to go for three yards you know if it's third and eight and a two, down, a two yard check down pass it's supposed to go for two yards McCaffrey will make guys miss and make into an eight-yard gain and move the sticks. So these are just the things he does that just help keep this offense moving. So we just have to keep running the offense through Christian McCaffrey while Cam's out. And I think everything will speak for itself. He's going to be the key for us to continue to win games without Cam. As far as the rest of the offense, you know, Kyle Allen, you know, I think the, he's starting to turn into the pumpkin. <laughs> so to speak, you, know, he, you know he was a princess started out as a princess Ooh, but he kind of turned into a pumpkin now you know yet he, he let a couple balls get away from him yeah, he did. i felt you know his pocket presence you know needs a lot of work you know you're starting to see his inexperience back there the fumbles are becoming a concern yeah you know i still respect how he's able to remain poised despite these mistakes it's true but you know against better teams you know and jacksonville's a good team don't get me wrong but you know, as we move into the tough part of our schedule, we just can't afford these slip-ups. You know, we just need better execution from that position. Um, I think DJ Moore is quietly having an underrated year. I mean, he's on pace for a 1,000 yards. You know, CMC is getting all the attention, but, you know, I think if he wasn't having his all-world season, DJ would be more the focus. So I think he's becoming a consistent, reliable target on the outside. So, you know, I think offense, I think can be so much better i think once we get cam back we'll finally see the offense hit its ceiling and fulfill its potential so that's one thing i'm excited about but so we'll see how that goes hmm.
0: i can't wait to see that the rpo with a healthy cam and christian mccaffrey at this level <laughs> please um kevin um what did you see in the trenches man and uh give give us your overall view of the uh, offense please well, as
2: far as the trench play goes, you see, you saw it once again, just like on the defense, you saw a mixed bag. Obviously, the bag is going to lean on the good side because anytime your offensive line can help a running back, help your running game get to over 200 and, let's see, yeah, 285 yards from a run blocking point of view, hey, you know, like my coach used to say, that's what you call getting a hat in a hat and that's definitely what the That's definitely what the uh, Panthers' offensive line was doing. You know, just looking at the fact that the Panthers made it known post-game that they was having so much success with one particular play that they ran it over and over and over, and even some of the Jaguar players knew it and still couldn't stop it. (laughs) That type of mind frame, yeah, it was what they call a, a middle zone run. It's what the... McCaffrey got loose on a couple times for his touchdown and another long run, and it's also the same play that Bonifon used yeah. when he uh, broke his touchdown run. So whatever this middle zone is, I'm gonna have to, you know, since the all twenty two just came out today, gonna have to check that out and 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 put that within the stash because it's something when your opponent knows what's coming and they still can't stop it. Can't touch. So it. you know, hats off <laughs> to offensive line. John Masco for Masco. getting this unit ready because you're, we're talking about a unit that had Dennis Daly starting his NFL debut at left tackle. You know, Dennis Daly was the six round draft pick out of South Carolina. Not much was expected by him by Panthers fans when he was drafted. Was considered a project depth bench player, but when I went down to training camp and saw him, I, I saw that you know this guy has some toughness, some some nasty to him and. Some aggression, he just got to get, you know, just, get, just got to get developed. And uh, personally, I, I think Dennis Daly can be a staple of this offense, you know, for, for years to come, as, along with uh, Greg Little, who was who he was replacing at left tackle, who was out, who was out with uh, concussion protocol. But as far as the rest of the offensive line goes, uh, gave up three sacks for 21 yards of lost yards. Three sacks is a little more than what you want to give up. I mean, Jacksonville had had one of the, I would say, one of the top five defensive lines. When you think of Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius, and, you know, you had the top 10 uh, edge rusher from, I believe from Kentucky, uh, Josh Allen out there. So, you know, they're going to make their plays as well. But we we limited the damage. We didn't let it become a a big sack party. And we opened up holes. And and it just really allowed the Panthers to do just enough to get enough points on the board to, to come out with the win. But definitely the uh, fumble return was the difference because without that, the score is tied 27-27. But hey, as many breaks that we have had go against us, I'm glad that we had the ball bounce literally to us on that play. So overall, the offense line, as I told you guys last week, is going to slowly start to gel. And with a performer like this, it's definitely trending in the right direction. So we're looking forward to seeing this offensive line continue to not only jail but get healthy as well. Personally, I think that when Trey Turner comes back and Greg Little returns, I, I think Darrell Williams might get moved to the bench. And I, I really wouldn't have no problems with that, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about the uh the play of the offensive line against the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, I have no problem at all with that, bro. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm I'm not a hater, man. I I, I ain't I ain't got time for that. But Williams, he is really underperformed. He looks better at the right ta- at the right guard spot than he does at the left tackle spot. Even though he's he's been he's has he's had holes in his uh, his technique and his play overall in both spots. He plays better at the right guard spot. Son, you're not taking Trey's spot. <laughs> you're not. You're not taking Trey's Spot. That's not going to happen. Um but right. but it, it, And with him, yeah. I am sorry, go ahead. No, I was I was going to say with that with that young man, with that young man coming in um from South Carolina and and plugging in at the left tackle and playing the way he did against Jacksonville, right? It's not a, It's not like he played that played that way against Arizona. He played that way against Jacksonville. Right? There's much better defensive line. So, I mean, and Little held his own against Houston. So, I mean, I mean, Williams is he's he's the odd man out, dude. I mean, Bro, this this is your what what's is this? This is the fourth season, the third season.
2: Uh, Williams now, yeah. Williams. This is uh, this is actually his fifth season, fifth actually. Season. Okay. Uh, you know, he came back on a one year, six million dollar deal mm-hmm. after not securing the bag, you know, in free free agency, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, now, f- what I will say from watching film, with Williams is always the highest of highs and the lowest is lows because. There are some plays when you look at his play by play, he looks like the second-team all-pro. I've seen him drive his defender five, six yards down the field. Mm. I've seen him, you know, take an edge rusher and just move him completely out the picture. Mm. But it, it just doesn't happen consistently. It's, it's more the opposite on the other ends where he's barely getting hit. Ha- like, he's done to let guys who are right in front of him And when I say literally barely touch him, like he maybe got some gloves on him, like nothing to slow down their momentum. It's very frustrating because, you know, two years ago he was all pro and now it's like all hell no. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, you know, when when Williams out there blocking, I I feel like that whoever's at quarterback for the Panthers feel like, you know, Ricky from... Um, boys, you know you let like, Ricky. You know it's just, <laughs> no. you know like look out, man. It's just I, I, I don't know, but you know this offense line get healthy. I, I, I don't be surprised if Derek Williams is not put on the bench with uh, Greg Little or Daly getting those tackle reps. However long Little's out with his concussion protocol, but that's that's
0: just how I see it. Yeah, you can't you can't teach speed and you can't teach fresh legs. <laughs> youth and speed there's two things you can't teach folks uh, that's just what it is man you get them fresh legs out there and the, way, the way these kids can block you know, I'm, I'm i'm glad to go with the younger boats that's uh, just me yes it's,
3: it's speaking of fresh legs you know how about bonifun coming in after uh christian mccaffrey uh cramped up and doing what he did you know it reminds me of them old Video game, you know, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. We had a full green bar. And you start beating on the guy, beating on the guy, beating on the bar. The bar go to orange and the power bar get down to red. Yeah. And once you hit that red, you get that finishing blow on him. So I feel like, you know, we was beating on Jacksonville so much. Got their bar down to that red. You know, McCaffrey's bar, his bar stays in the green, but he's probably in the orange with those cramps. Yeah. Bodafy came in with that full green full power green. bar running against that Jazz defense and just started running circles around him. So <laughs> oh, it's always man. good to put some fresh legs in there, and make them chase a guy, you know, been eager to play all year. If
0: you if you watch that pursuit from the safety that he juked, <laughs> he he had, you know, you know mean you do you did sprints, right? He was doing those those well, we did five yards. He was five and five and five and five until you get all the right way down the freaking field. Um, it's, you, you 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 have a certain look on your body, man. You got your head looking down. You, you tr- just trying to pump your arms, man. You're tired as hell. You, your legs can't move it's like you're running in the sand, man. That's what that's what that safety looked like when you had a pursuit. He's like, "Shit, I gotta chase this dude, man." God, Bonafon just like <laughs> just laughing, <laughs> chucking down the sideline. <laughs> that was beautiful, boy.
3: <laughs> hey, you had them boys on the calf. He was at linebackers for Jacksonville. I feel sorry oh, for that uh, number 56. 56. Oh, <laughs> my. Had him <laughs> Every single play, man. Caffrey had the ball, you know. 56, you know, miss it. Caffrey, you know missing, whiffing completely oh, on the sideline. God. Dancing with the top cats cheerleaders. <laughs> you know, he had them all over the place. Twisting them around like a pretzel. But I know he happy. You don't got to see. McCaffrey for another four years. Uh, oh, he played man. the Jaguars again. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like my Lou with the rucker.
0: <laughs> Yo, wasn't that the dude that he uh, slapped to get out the way?
2: Wasn't
3: that the same dude? Yep, when same he guy. Him? Oh, yeah. we okay. <laughs> had about three, four, five times. Yo, you know, he just kept missing. Him. Oh my like, god! And even Miles Jack, who's a very good linebacker, you know, yeah. he tried to. Man cover him with McCaffrey one on one in the red zone. Was I'm that like number forty four? The teams continuously try to man cover this guy with a linebacker. Kyle him? Allen knew right away. That's where I'm going with the football. Was that number forty four? Yeah, Miles Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: He, he did him wrong in, a, in that. Yeah. He fake like he was going to do a. Um, he's going to go to the flat, but he came back in the center of the field for that touchdown. Oof, yeah. Oof. <laughs> he just grabbed him yeah. his shoestrings. <laughs> And and that safety y'all talking about on um, Bonafon that
2: was um what's his name Harrison out of Alabama what was it Ooh. Reggie?
3: Yeah, the no. one that a lot of pen- he was hurt. It was the um backup guy because I saw him chasing McCaffrey to uh, Quincy Wilson. Uh-huh.
1: oh, yeah. so ha- so yeah, Harrison didn't got
3: play? hurt. Ronnie got hurt midway uh-huh. through the game, so they were down to their second string. Shit,
0: he sure truly
3: because I was wondering why we wasn't. Um trying
0: to go vertical on him on that backup safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. He did get banged up. I forgot about that. Man. And the Samuel, did did, did he have a decent game? Or he was kind of quiet in that game, it seemed like. Uh he had a nice little mix. I mean, his stat line, I mean, he he got the ball five times, two
2: uh two runs for twenty-five yards. You know, we had him on some yep. some jet sweep action. Yep. And uh very pedestrian uh was say pedestrian, three catches for nineteen yards. His longest catch was for seven yards. So, mm. yeah, yeah, Mister a- Mister Allen. I mean, he he only had seventeen completions for a buck eighty one, 81, and there, Greg Olson had no catches, yeah, zero, uh, zilch, zilch. Yeah, so yeah, so DJ Moore was targeted eight times, six catches, ninety one yards. McCaffrey was targeted nine times, six catches, sixty-one yards. Uh, Curtis Samuel was targeted six times for three catches, as I stated. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Jarius White one catch for six yards. Alex Armour one catch for four yards, and that was it. <laughs> that was the passing attack, folks, right there.
0: So everything else yeah. on the ground. That's amazing. Bro. Yeah.
2: But but like what but but like will have said, it's good that we're learning to win in different variety of types of ways. I mean, he can expound on that more if he like. But it's just good that you know we're just we're finding ways to win differently instead of finding ways to lose, which we have done in our in our in our recent history uh, with this team. So you know whether it's a shootout or whether it's a slugfest, you know with this current three game winning streak, we're showing that we are able to, you know, like I say, will ourselves to victory instead of. Fall on the face of defeat,
0: you know. Absolutely, man. And we're going. We're going to need to find out a way on how to do that in good old Jolly England this Sunday morning. Yes, Sunday morning, folks. Nine thirty a.m. kickoff, if I'm not mistaken.
2: NFL Network only. Oh man, come on, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, speaking of Sunday morning, uh, playing the Buccaneers. All right, second game uh, against the Bucks. Um, we won't see these see these guys again. Um, who knows? Uh, might be in the playoffs. Might be next year. Who knows? Uh, but this will be our second meeting with the Buccaneers. Um, and we have a guest with us tonight, um, the Brit Buck himself, James the Brit Buck, um, and uh, he's going to give us a, a breakdown on Tampa Bay, um, what they've done up to this point. Um, You know, just a quick overlap of that, and he'll talk about injuries and all the background for the Buccaneers coming to this game. What's up, James?
1: Hey, Tim, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. Enlighten us, please, sir. Yeah, so, obviously, you you mentioned that the the Carolina Panthers are on a red-hot streak at the moment. haven't lost since they lost to the the Bucs in Week 2. True story. And... They look a completely different team. And you guys and the guys, obviously, and girls listening will remember that I said, you know, I think the Carolina Panthers are a better team. And I do think they're going to get bounced back from the week one. Like, defeat, the Buccaneers are still figuring things out. And I still stand by that. I still think the Buccaneers are figuring things out at the moment. They are too inconsistent for my liking when you can have a great game, and beat the Carolina Panthers. Then you can have a awful game and then lose to the New York giants. Then you can play a great game and beat the LA Rams. And then you play an awful game and get beaten by the New Orleans saints. When you've got the chance to take control of the division Mm. on that trend alone, then the books are going to travel to London and, Beat the snot out of the Panthers Something like 77 to nothing But I think we all know That that isn't going to happen No (laughs) um, You know There's a lot of change going on uh, With the Buccaneers right now With injuries Uh, Rookies Jamal uh, Jamal Dean And Devin White Are expected to return to action In London Against the Carolina Panthers that will be a much needed boost for the defense in Tampa. Now on the flip side of that, Alex Kappa broke his arm, the right guard uh, on the offensive line for Tampa Bay, broke his arm against the New Orleans Saints in the second quarter, continued to play the rest of the game because he's just that metal. And... Mm -hmm. um, is obviously a very, very serious doubt, probably more than likely isn't going to play at all. So there's going to be change on the offensive line as well. As you said there, Tim, it's an early kickoff. Now, something uh, I broke earlier today, a bit of uh, breaking news, I'm not sure if you guys know it or have heard it, the Carolina Panthers are actually landing a day earlier than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in London. So... They are going to have a chance to get used to the jet lag a lot quicker than the Buccaneers are. And as someone who's made that journey from west to east a few times, I I can tell you from personal experience going that direction is always so much worse. It absolutely wipes you out. So from a books fan's point of view, I'm kind of confused that um, the front office has made the decision to send the team over a little bit later. Mm. So, I, I, honestly, I'm not understanding the logic behind that because it is something that's definitely going to help the Carolina Panthers in adjusting. And, you know, London's a great place. They can get some uh, a bit more sightseeing in as well, I suppose.
0: You there, James?
1: Yeah, sorry, I, I think I hit the mute there. Sorry, um, so we can edit that bit through. So yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, I'm all, I'm all good, I'm all good. Okay. So obviously, the the facilities that the teams are being offered in London are actually top notch facilities. They're mostly operated by like Premier League level um, soccer clubs, so they've got the best of facilities, the best of everything really, on offer to them. And you know what? I can't wait for this game. I think it's it is going to be a chance for the Buccaneers to to sort out some problems that they've had. They definitely have issues with the secondary and the defensive backs buying into this new scheme. And as we've all seen, and this is you know what? I'm, please forgive me, as I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here Uh-oh. now. Obviously, when you look at the Buccaneers being ranked as one of, like, I think they're not number one anymore. But at one point, they were the number one rushing team. We could turn around and go, you know what? Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. You name the the top tier running back, and they've been held to less than 100 yards. It's not because the books defense has been that good. It's because the pass defence has been that bad. I know you guys were earlier talking about saying that, you know, they keep doing the same thing over and over, and the Jacksonville Jaguars were not able to stop the Panthers, even though they knew what was coming. That's exactly what's happening with the Bucs right now. Teams know that they can pass on the Bucs at will, and they are doing it. There is absolutely no need to run the football when you can pass the ball for 10 to 20 yards a time. It's It's not rocket science. When you have a pass defense as poor as the Buccaneers, it is going to cause problems. But it's going to skew stats as well because teams are going to be more likely to pass the ball when they know that they can do that. That's what's also helping the Buccaneers' pass rush because when a quarterback is dropping back 30 to 40 times in a game, you get more opportunities to run the passer. Simple mathematics dictates that you're going to get there a couple of times a game. So I think at the moment, a lot of people are reading too much and the wrong kind of thing into a lot of the stats coming out of Tampa at the moment. Don't get me wrong. They are a talented team. They are buying slowly in some areas into a new philosophy, a brand new scheme, a brand new culture, but there are issues. This is still the same team, largely, there hasn't been a vast personnel changeover. This is still the same team that went 5-11 two years running. A lot of fans expecting things are going to change overnight. They're going to be sorely disappointed. This is possibly an 8-8 eight and eight team mm. with the right coaching. But changes still need to come in Tampa. And the thing that really, really worries me coming up to this is Christian McCaffrey is really, really hitting out in stride. I mean, I know, like we were talking before, we went on. Chris McCaffrey's got a, a stupid amount of yards from scrimmage. <laughs> I forget the exact number now. It's eight and some eight, change. Three, how, how many is that, Tim?
0: Eight hundred and some change, if I'm not mistaken. What is it, Kevin? Yeah, eight hundred eight thirty-six. Eight
1: thirty-six. Eight thirty-six. Thank you very much, Kevin. So you've got Chris McCaffrey, who can. With this guy you've got to pick your poison Are you going to let him beat you with his legs Or is he going to catch the ball And then beat you with his legs <laughs> It It's It's going to be something And the books have got to choose which one They're going to, to do Yes Kyle Allen ha- has Led the team fantastically And he's Done everything everybody would want In a backup quarterback He's managed the offense well he hasn't thrown in interceptions, but he's he has had issues fumbling the ball. But the real question is going to be, are the books pass rush going to be able to get to him in time before he can throw the ball to, let's be honest, an open receiver? And as an unbiased fan, that is something that does worry me. I'm not going to sit here and delude myself and say that Shaq Barrett's going to resume his ridiculous numbers getting to the quarterback i'm not going to say oh well Devin white's coming back and he's going to be the difference maker he's a rookie still learning the game he's still still struggling to get up to speed with with the nfl compared to the ncaa is the return of jamal dean going to make a difference i hope it does but again he's still a rookie he's still learning the game is Vernon Hargreaves going to resemble anything but burnt toast? I'd like to think so, but I doubt it's going to happen. This is one of those games that I know we spoke before and we said, you know, the winner of this game will be the team that makes the fewest mistakes because both teams match up very well. They play very, very similar styles of, of football on offense and defense, but the books are coming off a horrible and demoralizing loss. The Panthers are coming off a three-game win streak. The Buccaneers have had a home game taken from them, and the Panthers are just travelling a long way to an away game. The momentum is definitely with Carolina at the moment, and for me, it just seems that there's too many things pointing in the direction of a Carolina victory, I, as a books fan, I would hate to see it because that drops us down to two and four going into the bye week. That puts us behind in the division. And it, it does definitely put you in a hole. A, a lot of fans are... I mean, we're, we're banned from saying the, the P word over in, in Tampa. But, you know, a lot of fans are thinking that P word uh, regarding football in January. And, you know if anyone, and if the team itself, has serious aspirations of of getting out of this division into the promised land, then a lot of things are going to need to change. Some of those things are going to be, Bruce Arians has said himself, the, the secondary is too soft. Another thing is going to be stopping rushers getting to Jameis Winston. And that defensive line that you've got now is... That is really, really ticking along. And I mean the only th- so and I'm gonna sound like a salty dog when I say this, <laughs> the only weakness on that defensive line is Gerald Joe McCoy. McCoy. <laughs> so <laughs> but, you know, it's it's funny, I was actually talking last night to um to Ryan Jensen's dad, and he was talking about the issue between uh his son Ryan and Gerald. And he says it, Ryan was actually disappointed because he's got a lot of respect for Gerald yeah. and for Gerald to sort of come out and say that, oh, he likes to wind people up and he likes to get into people's head and it's like, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. Ryan's response was, you know what? I am a professional. As soon as the whistle blows, it's football. When the game is over, I, I've got like, mad respect for you. You're a good guy. You're a good player. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two get along.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Um, any major injuries
1: uh to the Bucks going into this game? As it, apart from Alex Kappa at the moment, uh, who has been the team's starting right guard, there isn't any major injury concerns. The the team's still keeping a close eye on DeMar Dotson, the mm. starting right tackle. Mm. Now, he did play against the New Orleans Saints, but a lot of people who were watching the game could see that something was definitely not right with Damar Dodson. He was more of a swinging door than he usually is, so <laughs> it could well be that he is sort of sat down for a couple of training sessions. At this point, I think he would only be marked as questionable for the game, but I would expect him still to play. Offensively, you've got all of the, the team's major weapons outside of Brashad Perryman still nursing a hamstring injury. Mm. But, I mean, that third receiver's job has been up for for grabs in Tampa since Deshaun Jackson uh, left. We've got Scotty Miller, who was a late-round draft pick. He's shown that he's got really, really good foot speed. He's a good route runner, but his hands at the moment aren't the best. He does not enjoy catching the ball in traffic. We've got Bobo Wilson, who is mysteriously still a punt returner and still has a job in the NFL. I mean, I I, I love I love seeing my name on an NFL jersey, but uh, damn, you know he's he's one of those characters of potential because he is so fast. He has that potential where. Actually, he could break a very long run. If he gets a hole, you know what? He could go for it, and he has the sort of speed that it is very hard for people to keep up with. But he just doesn't seem to have the field awareness or the ball carrier vision to actually find the running lanes. But, you know what? He's challenging in there for the third receiver. I I don't know how, but he is. Um, We've got a, a previous draft pick, who I actually have really, really high hopes for him, Justin Watson. I don't think he's been given a fair shake at it at the moment. He has seen very limited snaps. However, when he comes in, he's always shown that he's a good route runner, doesn't mind taking hits over the middle when catching the ball, and he's got a great set of hands. So, you know, I think the hardest thing to, that the Carolina Panthers have got to game plan for is who is going to be that third receiver. Obviously, everybody knows about Mike Evans. For some reason, nobody knows about Chris Godwin. I mean, he's—I I believe he's the, the the league leader in receiving yards now.
0: Mm.
1: But for some reason, he um, huh. he, he doesn't get covered. That's right. And the, the, this is absolutely crazy because I mean, I watched. The Panthers game and he was man-on-man covered. Mike Evans often uh, drawing double coverage as we talked about before the game uh, last time around we did say Mike Evans was one of the books leading weapons and expect him to get a lot of attention from the Panthers defense and he got it went to the Giants and he got a lot of attention in that game and he was Double and triple covered at times, but he still actually had a, a good game. He had a lot of receptions. He was able to find holes in that coverage. Chris Godwin still one-on-one matchups, mm. and I, 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 I just I, I did not understand it at so, all. Moving to the the LA Rams game again, it was single coverage, and again against the Saints it was single coverage at the moment all the attention seems to be passed on to Mike Evans and it's great you can stop Mike Evans last week he was held to to no catches at all Mm. just three targets I don't know whether he'd upset Jameis before I think the offensive line um had been upset by Jameis with the message they were sending him but that's another story (laughs) but Chris Godwin again single covered and he had a, another absolute field day. He, he's getting sort of career-high numbers on a weekly basis because teams are not covering him. So I think one of the big changes I would expect, we're now at week six. So there is tape out there on all the teams and all the players. I would expect Chris Godwin now to receive a lot more attention than he has been by defensive coordinators. Another potential confusion, really, is going to be who is the the starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Peyton Barber is officially the starter, but he often struggles with running the ball because he's not a great running back. <laughs> and then Ronald Jones takes over, who does run the ball, very, very confidently, gets good yards, he's good catching the ball out of the backfield. Pass blocking does still need improvement, but he is night and day from the player he was last year when he was first drafted and he was considered a bust. So, I mean, who is it that you game plan for? Because, yes, the the Bucs have a lot of weapons on that offence, we saw against the Rams that they are capable of doing a lot of damage to defences. Not everybody hangs up 55 points on the L.A. Rams. But you've got to keep Jameis Winston off the ground. You've got to give him a clear pocket to work with. And the way that the New Orleans Saints went after that offensive line, it was... i mean. I am a diehard hard Bucks fan. I bleed pewter and red, but I was embarrassed by some of what was going on. At times, a two-man rush was getting to Jameis Winston. Stop! Not sending an extra, not sending an extra blitzer. Not, you know, what? Someone just fell over. There was a breakdown. Sometimes a two-man rush got to Jameis Winston, <laughs> and you had nine guys dropping back into coverage. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, it's like you know what 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 is going to happen against the Panthers is James going to spend the entire game on his ass? It, it, it is something that it, it's something that that is worrying. And yes, I know the offensive line coped really, really well in the first game. Division games, you know what? They don't hold up to form, but. Come on. I And I even said this, I said, said I was speaking last night to um, Dean Jensen and one of the things I did say to him is, and I said, I'll be honest with you, I've always said this, I will always stand by what I say unless someone can change my mind and if they're right, I'll admit that I was wrong and they were right. But so far, I've been proven absolutely right that this offensive line in Tampa Bay, will be the Achilles heel of the team Mm. if they have a good game then you know what opposing defenses need to watch out because they are about to be on the end of a whooping Mm. if they have a bad game then oh boy all bets are off Mm. interesting uh
0: Kevin will you guys have any questions for James
3: Yeah, I was looking at the um, – we watched a lot of film on the first game against the Bucks, and one thing that stood out to me was the way their defensive line dominated us up front, starting with mm. Vita Vea up the middle. You know, he just took Matt Paradis oh, to school right. over and over and over again. He sure did. Collapsed in the pocket, and I think Shaquille Barrett got credit for the sats, but it looked like it was Vita Veya's double teams that were allowing Shaquille Barrett to get those one-on-ones to help. Get after the passer. So, you know, I haven't watched much of the butt since that game. So I was wondering how Vita Vea and Shaquille Barrett have been playing since. Have they continued that momentum since our last matchup, or have they kind of fallen back a bit? And how do you expect
1: them to impact this game coming up? Mm-hmm. I mean, Vita Vea is, is one of the unsung heroes of the, the defensive line. He is the anchor point of the three man. Uh, defensive line, and he is as well as of course he's got Endama right next to him as well, and Will Golson is having quietly actually a very very successful year. But Vita Vea was was drafted to be a bulldozer, someone who moves people out of the way, who clogs up holes. The the guy is drawing double teams and sometimes triple teams. And when you've got two guys next to each other, like Vida Veya and and Kasu you have got guys who are huge, huge presences. They require a lot of time and effort. And if you put three or four guys into blocking them, then you are going to have troubles. You are going to have to leave your, your tackle, either a right tackle or a left tackle, because Shaq Barrett, will rush from either side, depending where he's lined up, but you've got to leave your, one of your tackles one-on-one with Shaq Barrett, and at this point, it's man versus man, um, and the best man wins. You've got to remember, yes, Shaq Barrett was held to no sacks uh, last, last week against the, the Saints, but he's on nine sacks through five games. That's still quite an achievement there are there are defensive ends that don't get anywhere near nine sacks in a season and him rushing in as an outside linebacker they do seem to have found a very very good formula but i mean go go and have a look at the um the saints way way they handled the buccaneers pass rush not once did the books get into the backfield and affect teddy Bridgewater at all so it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how the Panthers offensive line copes with that three man front because I mean I've said this before I'll say it again sometimes I don't think Todd Bowles the defensive coordinator in Tampa I don't think he calls the right plays I think sometimes he does go overly conservative and then when it calls for him to be conservative he goes overly aggressive I still think he's learning a little bit about this defense. There is a whole learning process going on in Tampa at the moment. We are going to see mixed results. But when it works and the right play is called, it does seem that this team is very, very hard to stop defensively getting to the passer. But as I sort of said earlier as well in my rant, if you're passing the ball a lot of the time, then you are exposing your quarterback to getting sacked, so it's a question of what came first, the chicken or the egg. But from what I've seen at the moment, with how the the defensive line is playing in Tampa, Will Golson, Vita Vea, and and Damakasu are eating up a lot of blockers. Vita Vea up the middle is—I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the guy in person, but he's huge. He's like six foot three over 300 pounds but he can run faster than most people I mean God did not intend a human being to be that large and move that quickly <laughs> well apparently he does <laughs> well That's yeah a big we, dude, know what, man. he's a big dude <laughs> we, we, we have the platypus so that just goes to <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> oh man
0: uh, Kevin, do you have any, uh, you have anything to ask? Yeah, I mean, pretty
2: much all the grounds um, uh, have been covered. I was thinking about uh, speaking on Godwin, but you covered him because, I mean, honestly, I, I feel comfortable with Bradberry playing against Mike Evans. Uh, but finding someone to match up against Godwin was was pretty much my top concern for the uh, for the Panthers defense. I mean we're talking about someone that's a very silky, smooth route runner and, and sure hands. Um, yeah, he's definitely someone that, you know, for me, uh I can't remember his uh, stats when he played us, but um yeah, he uh he did a number up on us as well. So uh but um but uh, that that got one was already covered. For me, this game is personal. I know you're not supposed to say Kane's personal, but I was there that Thursday night game. Mm. And, you know, I'm not going to discredit Tampa Bay. They came on the road on a Thursday night, which is rare. And they won a game. Hats off to them. But I feel like with a healthy quarterback and James, you can, you know, speak on this or not. I almost hope y'all run the exact same defensive game plan this time around <laughs> that you did mm. uh back on that mm-hmm. Thursday night game because when we went back and look over the film and it was even mentioned on NFL network, Curtis Samuel easily could have was supposed to have had a two hundred yard receiving game against you guys hey man, that Thursday him. night game, but because you know, Cam couldn't plant his foot, couldn't and uh Chad Ch- 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 Barrett had uh, Darren Williams on skates all night, along with Vita Vea. You know, on Imperatus, which Will had covered. It-, it-, it was just like it was just one second too late from Cam being able to fire off, and like you said, uh, James exposed the uh, the secondary. So, if all eyes are going to be on t- trying to stop. McCaffrey and lead the one-on-one single coverage on outside. I'm I'm willing to to place my money on Cal Allen, taking advantage of that uh, with uh, with the ability to throw the ball that the way that he can uh, to, uh, to split those matchups. But, you know, division rivalries, Hey, you know, y'all don't like us. We don't like y'all, but you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, this game is is personal for me. One, you know, you never want to be swept by anybody, especially your division rival. And two, I, uh, that's that's just a bitter taste. You know, losing to the Tampa is one thing. Losing to Tampa at home, which had not happened since 2012, mm. was uh, yeah something else. So for me, this one's going to be personal. It's nine nine thirty Sunday morning.
1: Yeah. Mm. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and you know what, Kevin, I think you've you've made some really, really good points there. Um, Cam Newton was definitely injured. He wasn't playing his game at all. And it it highlights one of the things I say when the the book's secondary is, is very, very porous at the moment. Had Cam Newton been healthy, had he been able to find his receivers, it would have been a very, very different outcome to the game absolutely I mean I looked at the film breakdown and believe it or not I actually I enjoyed watching your guys uh, like going over it actually <laughs> it was um, it, it was one of those games that we sort of we, we we stole the win and we got the hell out of Charlotte as quickly as possible <laughs> before anybody realized that like what had happened um, the thing is with this Buccaneers defense is if it gets the, like the, the opponent's offence on the back foot and on skates, it is very, very hard to come back from that because they are getting in the quarterback's face. They're forcing him to make throws under pressure. If they're not accurate throws, then the defence is getting off the field very, very quickly. They're staying fresh so they can maintain the aggression. But, If the quarterback and Kyle Allen, yes, as I've said earlier, he has fumbling issues, but throwing the ball, he's absolutely brilliant at. If he can get that ball out before the pass rush gets to him, it is going to be a very, very difficult day for that Bucks defense. Expect them on the field for a long time. They're going to have to dial down the aggression and... We'll have to see what happens. But I I don't know if they're gonna sort of go the same way. They are certainly going to look to contain Christy McCaffrey, who is as I said earlier, he's playing out of his mind. He is one of the obvious weapons for this Carolina offense. But you have to respect the fact that the books outright are awful against backup quarterbacks. I, I'm not going to bring the stats up here, but it's embarrassing. You all can go and have a look for yourselves because I'm I'm not recounting that personal nightmare. But every time a backup quarterback plays against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we make the guy look like Tom Brady. It doesn't matter if he went out, fumbled the ball five times and threw 10 interceptions and his only pass was to the back of his centre's head, which he caught himself the previous week. He will come out he will be an all pro Hall of Fame quarterback when he plays against the buccaneers don't know what it is it's not just this year historically the books have been absolutely terrible against backup quarterbacks so you know what it's it is one of those weird little quirks that that exist in the world of football as a books fan I'm hoping that this is the week that we actually turn around and get our heads out of our pants and realise that it's just another dude who throws the football. But, as I say, you have to respect what Kyle Allen can do with the football in his hands, as well as respecting the threat of Christian McCaffrey being either a check down, a designated receiver, or just straight running the ball at you. So, I don't think the game plan is going to be the same. I think it is going to have to be as strange as this is going to sound, they're going to have to be a lot more aggressive. This isn't a defense in Tampa that thrives on being conservative. It is all or nothing. No risk it, no biscuit, boom or bust. They will get straight after Kyle Allen. They will aim to have him down often and for deep sack yardage. Um, so, in a nutshell,
0: Panther fans and Bucks fans, if you're listening, um, we don't know what the hell's gonna happen. <laughs> On Sunday morning. Kyle Allen could could throw for five touchdowns or, or our our uh offensive line could struggle against that defensive front again and then you know, it could it could be a thirteen thirteen ten kind of game. I, I don't, who knows? Who knows? Christian McCaffrey could run for another two hundred, um, or have another two hundred, two hundred plus uh uh, you know, total yards from scrimmage today or um, Jameis Winston could have another throwing outing like he did against us last time. Who knows? That's why you watch the game, right? Right on. And that is on NFL Network, nine thirty AM Sunday. Hopefully you can find a way to enjoy the game and, and give it a give it the old view. Um it should be a good game regardless because this this is a rivalry. Um probably one of the one of the best rivalries I think, to be honest with you anyway, so um, you guys have any uh, closing remarks before we get out of here? Um,
2: as always, I just want to thank all of the fans of the four-man rush. want to thank you for participating on us and all of our social media accounts. You know, as always, catch us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, definitely the YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we just want to say, you know, we don't take it for granted how you guys support us, how you interact with us. How you, uh, you know, challenge us to make sure we're, you know, bring you that type of content with the detail and the credibility that's deserved. So uh, I think I speak for all of us here with the four man rush that just want to, you know, thank you guys. And we appreciate the support. Thank you for being patient with us. And we hope that uh, what we share with you is making you proud and making us your number one source for
0: uh insight and detail like nowhere else for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, man. And a big shout out to James and Brit Buck for coming on board again, man. We appreciate you coming by and dropping us, dropping the knowledge on us, on us and our, our listeners about the, uh, the Buccaneers organization.
3: Appreciate
1: you, yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure. I mean, I just want to say once again, I've had an absolute blast with you guys. I love what you're doing over here at the four man rush. Uh, I'm going to leave with just two things. One thing being, it's a division game coming up on Sunday. The only thing that we know that's going to happen is that there's going to be two teams playing football trying to win a game. Outside of that, it's it's anyone's game. It really is. Form goes out the window, especially for these division rivalries, especially when it comes to the Bucks and the Panthers, which is probably at this point now the biggest rivalry in the NFC South. I'd just like to give a big shout-out as well to anyone. If you want to know what's going on with the Buccaneers, you want to keep up on a divisional rival, definitely check out Books Life Media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and, of course, we are on the World Wide Web. So check out Books Life Media for all of your issues surrounding the books if you want to come and shout at us. For for winning the game this Sunday,
0: then you'll know where to find us. Good deal, man. Thanks, James. Oh man, well, folks, thanks for uh, hanging out and listening to uh, the Four Man Rush here. I hopefully, hopefully, we brought you um, everything you needed to know about the upcoming game Sunday and uh, the recap from um, that crazy Hall of Hall of Honor Jaguars game. That was that was cool, and it was great to see the. See those inductees, that was that was awesome. Um, big thanks to, to Kev for giving us a live feed for that. Um, if you haven't seen that, go to our uh, The Four Man Rush Facebook page. Uh, you can check that out. The video's still there. Yeah, man. So, on behalf of The Four Man Rush, myself, Timmy V.O., Kevin, of course, James, Britt Buck, and Will, and, of course, Monty and, and Larry out there doing their thing, Canardo, um, Norris. Uh, Vince, Darius, um, thank you so much for checking us out. Um, whether it's the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whenever you listen to this podcast, please take care of yourself. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the fact that you're able to listen to this podcast. And as always, keep pounding. Well, James,
1: you better oh, hope- was a blast, fellas. You I bet- love, I love what you do.
0: You better hope McCaffrey is cramping up again, bro. <laughs> 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 you, you- mm.